0: For me, I realized that after I was put on the control pill, I saw a huge increment in my weight. I don't know if it's hormones, whatever, I really don't know. Like, I gained weight easily. Man, wish we never grew up, we used to laugh with a dimple. But time has been moving fast, yeah life really and simple
1: you're welcome to the others anonymous, anonymous we'll podcast where we bring you well, honest uh, conversations and interviews uh, from people living the everyday others life through narratives uh, research or simply the the storytelling yeah. either from a known or anonymous yeah. guest it's all about on learning learning and embracing the different narratives of life i am your host Joe kids and in this episode i have my guest who is also part of my in-group like often i'm talking about my in-group my in-group yesterday i bring another one on my podcast yes she is the Safali. for Faliche. she is a channel operation and support manager with an it company she is known everywhere as a lady who loves to read and her non-profit organization which is a reader's trust is a great testament to that she loves journaling And is also the brain behind fafa journals a project that explores journaling through workshops hangouts and also by giving journaling tidbits i promise you that is gonna be one exciting episode as she takes us through her own journey with weight loss in it and you will love it you just have to listen to it yeah
0: hey this is two mad podcast a new week a new episode Every midweek, we bring you informative discussion on issues you'd love to listen. Catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addicts, Rochester, all these platforms. Everyone is there. It's the 2 Mad Beans Podcast.
1: Relationships. One of the most fragile things in our world today. Today, people are in love
0: tomorrow they are out of love that was the point i realized some people cannot be saved you see them drowning and you try to give them a hand by the time you realize they had succeeded in pulling you deep inside the water to die with them he called once and i begged he said he was sorry i said i was sorry too he said i need you i responded i need you too Perfect I felt love exists, I said to myself, I only have to keep going no matter what, and in the end, that kind of love will be my reward. Have you ever listened to a relationship story that made you go like, what? I was sad for her, but I was angry with myself for trusting I could turn her heart away. I told her, good to know you're back together with your ex. I wish you well this time.
1: Or made you cry? He knew I wasn't going to give him another chance, so he left me alone. But deep down,
0: all I wanted was for him to hold me and kiss me like he'd never done before. Or maybe say D for that thing. The morning when
1: the test kit confirmed I was pregnant, I didn't want to tell him. I wanted to play a little hide and seek with him before giving him the news, but I was so eager that I couldn't keep it to myself. I told him, you see that
0: thing you and I did? Yeah, it's bringing another baby to our home. He gleefully asked, the thing we did that cost you to mourn and whine. I said, go away, who mourned and whine?
1: Love issues. Your favorite stories from silentbeast.com is coming
0: to you as a podcast.
1: Featuring readings from award-winning writers, Columnist, poets, performers, and you. If only you have what it takes. I am Afia Ajman and I'll be your host. Love Issues comes your way every Friday on all your favorite podcast platforms. Usually, you remember who approached who and who was the first to say hello.
0: He said, if this one is a boy, we are done. I was hoping it wasn't a boy so we do it again and have a That day, I decided not to die with her.
1: Love Issues. Real stories from real people. What's up guys? Um, it's been one long journey trying to get this um, recorded. So you are welcome to the episode where I have been able to drag one of my in-group. I'm always talking about my in-group one of them since um, Thursday evening. Yes, I dragged her from Thursday evening and today is Saturday morning and um, she's here with us to share her personal journey on weight loss. Now we live in a world where the concept of beauty has to be defined or attributed to how a person looks. So sometimes it is hard to define the goal of weight loss or weight gain. Not to say that whatever anybody chooses is is wrong, but um, I feel that sometimes it just brings this unhealthy pressure and stress on the human mind. Because then again, if you just want to lose weight to look beautiful, you body shaming yourself but if it's for the reasons like um you just want to be healthy i think it's more of a better reason i stand to be corrected i have no right to um judge anybody's reason but what i do really love to campaign for is for people to lose or gain weight in a more healthy way than do that just for the purpose of beauty Yeah, so today I'm here to interview one woman (laughs) who will share her journey with us, how she was able to lose 20 kg within a short span of her life. Not too short, so don't get too excited. Are you going to hear three days of losing? You know, it's short, but it's still long. Yeah, so Fafa, can you tell us the beginning or the genesis of your whole um, story? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Mm. Anyway, I just want to say I'm super hyped to be here. After I've been allegedly dragged since Thursday, allegedly, cause yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm imagining how you were able to drag me. Did you hold my hand on my neck? <laughs> this is going down in history. So, hi everybody. My name is Fafali. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. Though as anonymous, I decided to come and show my real self.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you.
0: You are welcome. Well, what drove me to lose weight, or oh, what drove me to shed off 20 kilos in a period of eight months? That's like a long story. I'm trying to see how best to arrange the story in my head so that your audience will be able to follow. Yeah, so let's say in the beginning, <laughs> this is not the genesis, genesis. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my let me start from age 11, because I want to build a timeline that everybody can follow. Like most young girls, I think my, I had my first menstrual period at age 11. Though my research shows that it could have been me any time between age 11 and age 13, I still want to stick with age 11, because I quite remember always using to brag that I had my menstrual period quite early. I'm leaning more towards age 11. And I used to wonder, well, others, because I had heard rumors, if you have big sisters like I do, and cousins and all those other big, big elderly people, you hear rumors about menstrual period way before you even know what it is. Yeah. And I had heard stories of how people have such a bad experience with it and they end up being hospitalized some can't move so I used to wonder what is this thing that it cripples people yeah I didn't really want it to come to me like you know that's the way you reject everything (laughs) yeah so my first experience was quite interesting I didn't get any severe cramps that needed medication like I could have managed with it Mm -hmm. um fast forward I had regular periods. Well, you might be wondering what periods has to do with weight loss, but it's a story I'm building so sure. please follow. And along the line, I never had an issue major that I could remember. Maybe I was not observing uh, myself that mm. much, but then my very first encounter with what they call irregular menses or irregular periods was in uni, like third year first semester. Um, that should be late, 2012, if my memory serves me right. Right. I realized that I had gone almost a year or some months, yeah, not having my menses. And I wasn't really bothered because I felt it was normal. Maybe something else was stopping it. Something. I gave myself one the silly excuse I have. But what made me pause and say what is happening in my body was when I started having black lips. Mm -hmm. So I used to brag that I have pink lips. Unfortunately, it started turning black. At first, I thought maybe I had used a cream that was not working for me. But I realized instead of getting black, people assumed on campus that I was using black lipstick. At a point, I had to even go and start buying and investing into red lipsticks because I wanted to camouflage whatever was happening on the lip. But the more people stopped me, and you know this as a society, people see anything on your body. Nobody thinks like, oh, let me shut up and think to myself. People who don't know you, strangers on campus will be like, um, why are you putting on black yeah, lipstick? Literally. It doesn't fit you, you're already black. I had all those reactions. And sincerely, those reactions were the ones which caused me to worry, not necessarily the irregular masses. So I decided to go to the hospital. Um, long story short, I moved from the student clinic to the uh, main hospital. I got there. I met a doctor on duty, told him everything that was going on. I told him about the fact that I had I was having irregular menses, like I had not seen my period for a very long time, and um, the black lip also.
1: Could you define the very long time? Because for some people, not having their menses for 10 days could be a long time for oh. them. So for you, was it like monthly? Was it two months? Oh, no, no. I
0: could go those days, I could go like. 152 days without menses and that's like six months wow and this is even at a period that i was tracking okay so that particular time i remember it was quite an extensive time yeah i'm leaning more towards like a whole year okay because it was really that bad that i had never it was my first encounter with it also not seeing my mentors for such a long period of time that like it caused me to worry. Okay. So, it was definitely more than um, six months, definitely more than six months, because nobody thought I was pregnant. In fact, when I was talking to the doctor, all that he said was, let's go and do a pregnancy test. I told him that I wasn't sexually active. Then he insisted, so I got the pregnancy test done. It came back negative. He referred me to a senior doctor who, after listening to whatever I was describing, also said i should go for a pregnancy test so i think before i left that hospital i had done like two pregnancy tests mm-hmm. but it all came back negative so for me i felt they were not listening to what, they were what not you were saying concentrating on other things well i don't blame them because from a, a medical perspective one would say they were valid to test me for pregnancy yeah but from the perspective of a 21 year old it felt like you are ignoring all other things that could be wrong in my body and assuming I'm pregnant because I'm a university young looking mm-hmm. like I'm a young girl who you think and you didn't even listen to the fact that I'm telling you I'm not I wasn't sexually active.
1: And sometimes okay, so um mostly in health To come to a final diagnosis, you have to make sure that you've run a couple of tests Mm. to be very sure. Yes, so (laughs) I think they just wanted a confirmation again. I
0: think the reason why I felt judged was during the consultation, he really didn't even finish for me to land. It was like an easy thing, an easy conclusion for him to to arrive at. And there were no other tests but the pregnancy test. So, I was expecting that, okay, if your suspicion is pregnancy and I think mine isn't, are there other tests that you could have said, okay, let me do another test to find out? Maybe there's something, see, my mind, like I'm a very, I'm someone who imagines a lot. I have an imaginative mind, like mm-hmm. I think a lot. So, as I brought myself to the hospital. I am thinking it could be a liver something. Oh yeah, and I do. Google but you know alerts. the doctor,
1: the doctor doesn't think that it would be a liver something. No,
0: I'm, see, I'm trying, yes, I was as I said I've missed my period. This, this, this guy. So this you, way. your
1: problem is that the doctor um just gave you one prognosis.
0: It felt like he just brushed aside. Again, that's what I'm saying I can't speak for him, but for a 21-year-old sitting in the doctor's chair, after I told the doctor that I am not sexually active, for him to insist it could be me pregnant and go ahead and order a pregnancy test, which again I understand because from a health perspective, I am not a doctor. So I'm just talking about my experience, experience yes. as a 21 year old. Yeah. It felt some way, and I'm sure he's used to dealing with a lot of university students because they university
1: Oh, yeah, some people really lie. Even people come to the ultrasound room, and um, once I had a case of a I think, 16 year old who came with a mom and they wanted to do a pregnancy um scan because, mm. hey, pregnancy test was positive. Mm. She swore heaven and it, that she, she wasn't pregnant, pregnant yeah. in that room and when we did a scan and she was pregnant she still was denying she was swearing all over the place so i mean the drama that patient can bring sometimes okay. i think they come in a state of denial but like yeah. i said i also understand your sentiment because however you felt because 21 years who knows so well that she's not sexually active it was a whole big deal to think that you were being perceived in that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I, I, Now that I'm talking to you, I'm remembering so much details about the visits because I remember him saying, oh, with you, university girls and all your drink cups and what's those things. Anyway, so enough about that. Yeah. Doctor. So I felt I wasn't being, I wasn't seen or I wasn't being heard. My health needs were not being heard. So I called my mom and I was telling her, my late mom, sorry. I was telling her that this is what's going on. I've come to the hospital. This is what they are saying. But tests are proving negative. So I was getting worried. So she called my dad. My dad said I should come home. Home was Cape Coast. I had access to the Cape Coast teaching hospital. The school hospital gave me a reference letter. So I took it to Cape Coast. They read it. I was asked to see the gynecologist in my mind i was like finally we are somewhere like who might know what is yeah. going on in my body because the the gyne also did request my pregnancy test but one thing i loved about him was that he didn't just order for a pregnancy test he went full like blood work and pelvic scan. it was such an extensive amount of tests that the whole day i was just moved from one oh, room to one right room being, yeah. probed here, being check the air because he wanted to see what was going on and i remember sitting in his chair and the only thing i really remember and i'm saying the only thing i remember because i felt his diagnosis could have helped me if he had said what i think he he should have said it would have really given me some perspective mm-hmm. on my journey so far but i all i remember was that he told me whatever stopped the menses could be corrected by Best control pills so he puts me on the pill for i think three months and he just said oh for the black lip i think you need to see a it or you just be extra careful as to share butter he mentioned all of those simple home remedies and all those things i appreciated his approach with me to the point that we are even friends on facebook so i'm sure mm-hmm. when he listens to this he'll be like Oh, that's your girl, I remember. (laughs) So, um, I was put on the pill for three months, and it's corrected the menses. Now, I don't know if there have been anything to substantiate the claims that there are side effects to the birth control pills, Mm -hmm. and some of them include weight gain. I don't know how far research has been able to confirm that. For me, I realized that after I was put on the control pill, I saw a huge increment in my weight. I don't know if it's hormones, whatever, I really don't know. Like, I gained weight easily. So from the period of um, 2012 or let's say 2013 to late 2015, I had jumped from whatever weight I was and was in my hundreds. And it was alarming to people who knew me because my nickname used to be Skeleton No-Bones. Like, for real, (laughs) have you seen a skeleton with no No. bones? (laughs) So if you know how a skeleton with no bones might look like, if you can imagine it, that was how I was looking when, when I was growing up and when I went to uni. I was still that slim. So, for such a huge increment to come about, it was a question that people would stop you on the street. What have you been eating? What is wrong hmm. with you? Why are you gaining such weight? You're a beautiful girl, you're a young girl, put your weight under control. Yeah. So many nonsense. So, then back
1: again, it still comes to the point of um, body shame and like um, always having to associate how a person looks with beauty. It's something that we all fall victim to, like. We always define how a person looks by... What
0: we think their weight should be. What we
1: think exactly their should yeah. be. Yeah.
0: And it was it was an interesting space for me because I wasn't used to people having so much opinion about how I look. Um, though I had had similar encounters growing up where people said, oh, you are ugly and all those silly things that they could ever say to a young child. This one rubbed me up the wrong way. I immediately didn't associate the weight gain to get into the birth control pill. I felt also it was because I had lost my mom. Yeah. And so I was grieving and maybe eating haphazardly. So in 2016, I told myself a gift to Fafa, like who Fafa was, because that, that was my 25th birthday. And I said, okay. So, I'm going to go on a weight loss journey. So, I joined Fit Evolution by Mabna. You can check her out on Instagram. Hi, Mabna, this is your shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're on a celebrity <laughs> podcast like this, you have to give your shout out. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, I joined that for I think three consecutive times, and her boots are eight weeks long. So, that okay. was like um, six months. And one of the things I realized or I noticed was that you are sort of censored in what you eat. Not necessarily a, a strict restriction, but she advocated more for um, healthy
1: exactly. fiber.
0: So instead of, like you do more of the oats, more of the brown rice, more the wheat, of
1: the... Um, so good. wheat,
0: all those healthy... We do a lot of starchy white carb in this country. And minimizing or portion control, your yam, your plantain, all those things. And how to bake and grill instead of constantly deep frying. I think it really worked with my body. After that time, I was 106 kilos. I lost weight and got to 92 kilos. Mm -hmm. And that's almost like 106 and 8. So that's like 14 kilos gone. It was so much of an impressive feat that people were like, hey, why? What's happening? I remember someone had the audacity to walk up to me in church and said, like, let me even say it in three. I'm sorry to the, those who don't understand, but I will translate leaders for you. She walked up to me and she said, ah, then now you. Why your time, Papa? Uh-huh. And for someone to tell you why your time, like, yo, that's too much. I was really hurt with that comment. Yeah. Really, really, really hurt. Why time means you are looking nasty.
1: Nasty, yeah. It's just a hard comment to give to anyone. Mm. These things are not compliment. I mean, when you see someone and you show it in their face, like, hey, why you, you can like, you- you've gained weight or you've lost weight at that moment whatever we told them is going to evoke a different kind of emotion on them so we should really be careful on how we comment on some of these things then again it comes back to the fact that we see these things as the only um egg for beauty so anytime that we say that indirectly we are trying to tell the other person something that has to do with beauty because if someone gains weight and you you think that the person is looking beautiful I think you should just go like oh you're looking so good leave the person to decide that the looking good is because of they gaining weight or because of they lose yeah yeah, because if you go like you are losing weight what is your point what exactly do you want to to convey
0: i would be honest that that comment took me off like it just messed up my, my my entire progress and she said it in a place where i felt i didn't deserve that i'm someone who see the church as this beautiful place because i love church i love the people who make up the church i love the auditorium that's serves as a building to the church. And so to hear someone from that space walk up to me, like you don't even have that personal relationship with And again, before you go asking about someone's journey or um, a change you've seen in someone, be careful how you approach the person because at the end of the day, if you don't have that kind of relationship with the person, Charlie, you don't even deserve to ask that question.
1: Respect other people's boundary. Just give it to them.
0: It rubbed me off. I started receiving other comments that said ah what are you doing why are you losing all your curves why are you losing weight i had more of negative feedback than i did of positive and it made me realize that society watches or people watch you, and they feel they have a right to have their say in what goes on in your own body or how you treat your own body after that i felt okay i realized also that what I didn't add earlier on was that in the same 2015, I realized my menses had become irregular again. But after I, I lost the 14 kilos, it sort of automatically corrected by itself. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I had already started equating the fact that when I lose weight, my menses is okay, it's normal. So I was sort of attributing my weight gain and everything always to my menses. Like my menstrual health was yeah. being equated to my weight. Late 2016 into 2017, I had this massive battle with depression. When I recall how I survived that period, I always say like, I had God watching out for me. It was so bad. I remember wanting to commit suicide. I didn't even want to go out. I like, I just wanted to shut down and let the earth swallow me. It was such a dark period. And mm-hmm. maybe one day um, I would have the opportunity to be on this podcast again for us to talk in details but our individual battles with depression our yeah. individual war also that period was full of just an unhealthy eating habits I was just depressed you and when you're depressed sometimes all you want to do is anything that makes you feel good or that's not necessarily been good for you that you think yeah it temporarily gives you this this joy or this pleasure you tend to go for it
1: and sometimes you just even want to harm yourself yeah. but in the way that isn't that intense so you know some people would cut themselves for some people they would rather want to eat and be unhealthy yeah. they would rather eat the wrong stuff yeah because you don't you
0: don't you don't care about what yeah is, like, see, you, just don't mind, like you just don't like you how to excuse my language how to get the f out of my mind yeah. like how to do something that would take my mind off this thing that i can't identify physically but it's happening within me. It's, it's sinking me down. Anyway, enough about the depression. Because I think we might even end up turning this podcast Yeah, it's really. a depression <laughs> book, So, um, that was into 2017. And it was so bad that I sat in 2019, uh, my weight was 116. So, you can see the trend. In, in 2016 going into 2017, I was still in my 92s, right? Into 2019, I was now one just one a quick six.
1: one. Did you seek um, um help, help for the yes.
0: depression? Huh. Oh God, I wouldn't say it was a professional help, but I had a support system. Okay, okay. a support system that knew part of my journey with depression. So, um, that that was not the first time I had had a major experience with depression, like. If I want to talk about it, so I want to explain all my times yeah. that i battled with depression. That wasn't the first time. So I had people in my space who knew. I stood on their shoulder. And they covered me during that time. They helped me. But unfortunately, that also means that I had people who knew about the journey, but who didn't really have a healthy way for me to reach out. So they yeah. offered the the unhealthy ways. Yeah,
1: because I, I was about to say that, um well, it's the past anyway. So if you're listening, if you feel like you're battling with... um you, Sometimes it might not even be depression. It could be something. Mm. It could be any of these mental health... um exactly But because attacks, a lot of us know more of depression, we kind of diagnose ourselves with depression. And oh? most
0: often, some also think anxiety is depression. Yeah. I said this is So it, well. yes, <laughs> Um,
1: i think with episode four or five if you are just listening to this for the first time you could just go to episode four we did um, a talk on um, mental health and emotional wellness with um, certified clinical psychologist so you would get a lot of information on the subject of depression and other mental health problems so yes exactly so yeah let's let's continue
0: so i would for one say that the key to becoming a healthy version of you includes all parts of your body. It yeah. includes your, your physical well-being. It also includes your emotional well-being. It also includes your mental well-being. And that's why um, we sort of are stressing or we are speaking out about the depression bit. Because it adds a bit to the story. So fast forward to 2019. My weight then was 116. And that was an extra, and I felt it's a testament to the rumor or to the to the non-verified fact that if you um, if you use a healthy way to lose weight, which is by exercising, by being intentional about exercising, it's easier to get it back. And when you're getting it back, as soon as you stop being active in the exercise world, you get it back times ten. That's what they usually tell you. That's a rumor they usually a myth that they, yeah. they, they portray or they tell you. So. After that, um, I remember late 2019, I was beginning to get worried again because I had gone from from 2018 to 2019, my menses had become very irregular. Then I could go; there were patterns of 152 days off, uh, no menses, then I would see my menses, then 90 days later I wouldn't see my. see my menses again then some 45 days some 52 days it was just an irregular pattern and it got me worried I decided to go to the hospital I said this time I'm going to a private hospital I'm not saying government hospitals are not good I just decided that I wanted a thorough check on my body I needed to know what is causing these patterns and whether it's really weight related because the last time I lost weight, my menses became okay, and I had the privilege to go to a private hospital. I didn't really mind the cost because for me it was I want to use all my life savings <laughs> just to get this thing sorted. Yeah, but I needed to know what was going on in my body, and I was approaching my thirties. I was at my twenty-eight by then, and I didn't want to not know what was going on in my body. Like a twenty-eight-year-old woman, I felt. I deserve to know what yeah. causes my body to scratch or to itch. It's time. So I went to the hospital. I met with a doctor who, after listening to me, referred me to, said I should go and see the guy. I booked for an appointment with the guy. And like, let me just be real. This particular hospital consultation is 260 Ghana mm-hmm. just for you to... Yeah, sits with a doctor. So, like, you can imagine how many visits mm-hmm. I've, like, I've had so far. Yeah. And that doesn't mean your test, your medicine, nada. Like, it's just for you to see a doctor.
1: For your talking. For
0: your talking. Do- <laughs> <laughs> God, I said for your talking. I'm sorry. Yeah. So.
1: But it's worth it. Yes. Yeah, oh, because...
0: i really that fact. it was worth spending the money. It was expensive. It was an expensive thing that I decided to do. And then again, it leads to the fact that don't wait till you have issues to be going to hospital. Yeah. Book yourself, schedule yourself to, if it's a half yearly um, consultations with some of these very good or certified or specialists do it. Um, I went to see him. He listened to my pattern again because I had started observing the changes within my body ever since that 2012 incident. I was able to give him a clearer history because I was able to tell him. I had started tracking menstrual cycles. I was able to tell him periods, the kind of long periods I could go through and not have menses. So he had something to work with and he ordered for more tests. He even asked me to go and do what they call the hormonal assay. He did some probing scans and a, a whole lot of other things he requested for. When the scan came back, it confirmed that it was something called polycystic ovaries. And he explained that there was, um, as maybe Joe will shed more light on later in the podcast, that there's polycystic ovaries and then there's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. But for me, due to my history and some of the tests that he had, he was leaning more towards the The ovarian syndrome. syndrome. But he didn't want to confirm it until my hormonal assays came back. Now, so the me that went boldly to this guy's office requesting for all of this test after hearing that sincerely, I was a bit down because my immediate search on Google, yo, Google can be your friend and also can be a fear factor in your space. My immediate search on Google said people with polycystic ovaries can't give birth, infertility. So I was scared a bit. So I didn't want to pursue the whole hormonal assay test because I felt the outcome might be something I really didn't want to mm-hmm. see but i decided to stay fit so because again i had attributed weight loss to um a healthy menstrual cycle. So hey, I and my friend Natalie, shout out to Natalie, yo. <laughs> today I'm giving another shout out. Decided to um become active when it comes to exercises. So I remember we rode into uh, tennis. Tennis. Mm-hmm. We 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 tried tennis, I tried tennis, she tried swimming. Okay. Then we both tried boxing. <laughs> we tried hands <hours> at <laughs> boxing. Oh my god, boxing is so fun. Like, yo, that's another story for the day. Go boxing. Anyway, we tried like boxing uh we also joined Mabna again faith evolution by Mabna again to just try to have an active lifestyle and it was also from a place where we knew that um we might get bored with one kind of exercise yeah now, exercise life and i'm someone who likes Adventure a bit, yeah. so we try to engage in this various activities, just so that it would keep us interested in the exercise lifestyle. I lost one and a half kilo by then. Fast forward into 2020, I went back to the hospital, and the doctor stressed the fact that he can't really give me any conclusive w- approach to um, the polycystic thing unless I do my hormonal assay. So my sister said, hey. And as much as because let me tell you, humona assay is not covered by any insurance in Ghana, mm-hmm. not that they don't like you that much to cover your hormonal assay, it's on you and it's quite expensive. I i don't want to even put amounts on it because it's, it's ranges as to the number of hormonal assay tests you have, yeah, yeah. But it was very expensive. and Looking back, I sometimes wish I didn't even do their test, <laughs> <laughs> it was necessary, it was absolutely necessary. So I did the test, went back to the guy and it confirmed what he thought the polycystic ovarian syndrome he told me that there's no cure there's no drug there's nothing to tell you that this will make the syndrome go yeah. away. and as of now even researchers don't know the cause. it looks as if it's something that you're born with it's a bit genetic so the polycystic or they call it PCOS it's more like an imbalance of homes yeah. you have one hormone more than the other it's just not the same I'm sure after I wrap up, I've never shared more light yes, on what Yes, a little PCOS
1: bit on what PCOS is. is. Yes.
0: So, we call it PCOS for short, and he told me I needed to see a physician specialist and also a dietitian, so he wrote the reference for me. I went to see the physician specialist who broke it down to me that because it's a syndrome, you tend to um, be at risk for a whole lot of other things because the syndrome is like a collection of so many things. Yeah, And so... There's no effective way to manage it, but a healthy lifestyle is key, and I need to manage what I eat. Because of the way this syndrome is, and because of the hormonal imbalance, whatever I eat, it's easy to show in my body. Like, my body can show off ice cream that maybe apna and I splashed on two days ago. She might not show it for years, but my body can easily show it in a matter of days. So I needed to have a fine balance. So he also stressed the need of me seeing a, a dietitian. But I love the fact that he also did additional tests to see where I had gotten to in, in terms of the whole PCOS, at what stage am I? One of the things that the PCOS could lead to is what they call type two diabetes. Yeah, And so he needed to know where I was at that place. So he did additional tests, and the long and short story of it was I was borderline almost getting diabetes. And so I was put on metformin. At that time, so the gynae had given me some hormonal drug called Primolute. Help regulate the menstrual cycle. The menstrual cycle whilst I was working on all the other space. The physician specialist also said I had high cholesterol, like so many things. And I had even... Long come,
1: and short, you just I weren't not healthy. healthy. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't
0: healthy. And so they stressed on the need for me to have an active, healthy lifestyle. When people approach me and ask me, how did you lose weight this time? One of the things I always answer is that you need to see your doctor. I yeah, can't really tell Exactly. You. Because my motivation for losing weight this time was from a healthy
1: place. And I think it was, it's a... Perfect and honest answer because just like you said, sometimes the underlying cause could be a whole lot of things. Probably yeah. you are losing, you are gaining weight because of a mental, some probably because of underlying other. Yeah, even losing exactly. Yes. Yeah, sad. sad yeah. Something. So it's always important that you seek the opinion of the a. Yeah. Professional. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's that's I can't
0: stress enough. Like, go to the hospital go to the hospital when you think there's something about your body you don't know go to the hospital when you don't even have any question about your body but you just need to know how your body is doing and stop taking
1: medications that you have not been prescribed sometimes you feel like you have the same um yeah yeah so so. you can take their medications no please no it doesn't work that way don't do that
0: because even with this PCOS, my, my, my talks with other sisters or other ladies who have had, uh, who are working with PCOS or who are dealing with PCOS, even the kind of drugs we are all put on is quite different yeah. because everybody relates to it differently. Everybody's journey with it is different. So please, don't be listening to this podcast and say, oh, I had her mention met for me. So well, I'm going to get for me. Trust me. It doesn't really work that way. Or so contraceptives to do regulate please it. Please no. go to the hospital. Like, go to the hospital. ASAP. Um, I saw the dietitian. But one thing the dietitian said, and I wanted to bring out or highlight was, she was like, how do you feel when um, you're hungry? Do you, do you shake? And I said, I realize that when I'm extremely hungry, I can start shaking, and anything within my sight, I need to gobble it up as quick as possible, because then I, I start feeling dizzy, I start shaking, and she was like, yeah, that is where the doctor is saying you are borderline close to diabetes, because your sugar, at that moment, all that your body needs is sugar, yeah. and they made me do this glucose test, it's a fasting glucose test, and it wasn't really good, and he was like, no, we need to monitor your sugar. so. You are one of those people, and she made this comment where it was, though it was funny, it was really true. She said there are some people that we see on the streets that they faint on the streets, and everybody rushes to them and starts drinking water. Pour
1: water on them. It's <laughs> not water
0: they need. At that time, the person might just need
1: sugar, candy, anything yeah sugar
0: to regulate their blood because their blood, their insulin level to regulate is just sugar, and it would. But if you deny them that sugar, they could flat out die.
1: So this is the first eight tip. Yeah they
0: would flat out diet. So it's very careful, and that is why everybody needs to go to the hospital. The dietitian gave me a low cholesterol low cholesterol diet plan, which was very restrictive. She also said if I was going to do any form of new diet that has come up, it should only be for short-term. But overall, one of the things she recommended was a low-carb diet. A yeah. low-carb diet means it should be high in fiber. oats, brown rice, like less of the white, polished, starchy rice. Even if I would do white rice, it should be long grain basmati rice. And it should be portion controlled. I was pushed towards more veggies. Even with fruits, I was a bit limited because of the high sugar some fruits came with.
1: And it went. Just quickly, was it that easy for you to switch your taste buds? Because we like pork and fried yam See, and kinky and all those it things. It was and depressing. Then you have to switch all of a sudden Yo, to all these. It was depressing. Who your taste buds are not um, familiar with. It was
0: depressing.
1: But and you have to.
0: I had to. So what it. happened was, I was. the Those visits to the doctor and everything was in February, right? Unfortunately, last year we went into lockdown, yeah and that was more depressing. So I was like, "To hell with your restrictive <laughs> diet!" And I gained back the two kilos I had lost. That the doctor was so excited about. I gained it back. Take
1: back what the devil <laughs> stole from me. Today. I shall rejoice
0: today.
1: <laughs> I shall recover it all.
0: Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not in the choir. My voice. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so halfway after the lockdown, that was somewhere in July, I went back to the hospital, and he said, "No, your health is essential. To how does PCOS will be treated? You don't want complications for yourself. You are too young. So I need you to work towards an active, healthy lifestyle." I need you to come from that place. So after that pep talk, I got home and I started working out. I started incorporating exercises. I was told to work out three, four times a week. I was told not to even do any vigorous form of exercise. Just go for walks, 30 minutes walks, and come back and get home and relax. And that was it. It worked. I lost three kilos. Mm. So as of September um, 2020, I was 110 kilos. From someone who was from 116 kilos and so I decided to um, join and try out this keto diet because I met a fellow oh shout out to the not easily working ladies here. <laughs> so we had a session on PCOS at not easily working and I met one or two three people who had PCOS and it was something that was part of their life for a long time And I appreciated their insights. They knew about it. They had early diagnosis. Mm. And so they've been able to manage it a bit. So one of them recommended that the keto diet has helped a lot of people. So I tried a keto diet for three months. I also tried the low-carb diet for three months. Now, I am no health expert, so I wouldn't tell you the keto diet is something you should go and do. But then again, I always say, go to your doctor first. I was coming from the point where my doctor, and my dietitian, and I had actually discussed it, and yeah. she had said if I was going to do any form of such diets, it should be for a short period of time. It's not a long-term thing I should think of incorporating into my lifestyle. I was coming from that place, and I knew she had already recommended low carb, so I said, "Okay, let me do low carb." it wasn't easy transitioning. <laughs> like you people are my witness, yeah. like, I would come and say, "God, I wished I was eating." Some kind of food. There was and a day
1: that you ate a little tilapia, yeah. I think the whole day or <laughs> It was so weird.
0: Everybody was like, I wish you know to try mm-hmm. some of the yam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I was so tempted, yo.
0: Anyway, so long story short, I'm, I was trying to give you people a timeline, but time is running. And I know if Abna allows me, I can talk for two hours, but we need to wrap up. Yeah. It's the essential of all discussion. I was able to lose 20 kg since September last year till now. And it's still a work in progress. There are days that I don't feel like following a restricted diet. I deal with it a lot. There are days that I'm tired of the exercise because I feel it's work. But I'm trying to shift my mindset to the point where that this is the only thing that I can control on earth. I couldn't control the number of hormones I was given. But I can control how my body looks. The healthy state of my body, I can control that. By eating well. Eating well means I know the food that works for my body the food that works for your body is different I don't come and judge your eating choices yeah. So when i say eating well i'm talking about my body and my body says that if you eat a lot of white starchy carbs you would show it off and it would not be good for you but if you eat a lot of brown rice a lot of oats a lot of fiber a lot of wheat a lot of this it will look good on your body, your skin will become clearer. So I had that mm. and I am now working towards that place where if I sit at a table and I see people eating other things, though it looks nice, my body knows that, oh, you can eat a bit of this, but you can't indulge, you can't get satisfied on this. And it's been a journey of learning what PCOS is. It's been a journey of knowing that when it's that time of the month, my body would react in a certain way. Another thing that the PCOS brings is your mental health. Most of your emotions are also
1: hormonal. I always say the whole body is a machine on its own. Every single thing about the body comes together to make who you are. So if one part of your body, especially with your physical and your mental health, they are like the size of two coins. If one part of the body is not okay, the other part will be affected the same. I mean, vice Vice versa. versa. So it is always important that we seek health. From yeah, both sides, yes. Companions.
0: And I would say again that, see, I'm a Christian, okay? I believe that God heals. I also believe that God has given wisdom to the health professionals that we have here. So when I go and sit at the hospital and I'm listening to a doctor, or a lab technician, a, sec- a sonographer, giving me perspective what they see. It rather makes me go, oh, this knowledge that yeah. God has given them is for my good. Yeah. It's to help my stay on earth yeah. be longer. My days are numbered, yes. But I have control as to what to what extent or at what stage my body would be when my numbered days are uh, up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: I want to live it healthy. I don't want to live it in a wheelchair, taking insulin, no. So I am approaching this from the perspective of fa, fa This thing you're on is not necessarily a weight loss journey because you're not just losing weight. Your goal is not to lose weight per se. Your goal is to get your body to the point whereby your body is strong to fight anything that can come. I, I have to test myself my sugar level at least three times a week to know that even with my right food choices, everything is still on point and I need regular checkup. So as I'm doing this podcast with you people, I am going to the hospital on Tuesday for another checkup to see the states in which my body is at and all that comes with it. And so, yeah, babes, this is it. Thank
1: you. (laughs) So I think all that we are trying to say is that in whatever situation, whether you want to gain weight or you want to lose weight, your why should be important. You have to define your why. And for us, we are advocating for defining a more healthy why. For me, hitting 29, one of the things that I have um, told myself is I want to start workout. I mean, (laughs) I want to hit the gym. My weight is uh, around 52, 53. I fluctuate. It's not about me going to gain weight or going to lose weight but it's for me to get some cardio exercises yeah. i'm having issues with my back because yeah. for sonographies we are always certain yeah, so it's time i pay attention to these to things and exactly i want, I want, I want to check in that um
0: weight um, exercises does a lot more exercises help you sleep exercises um helps you to release tension and stress yeah. and everything. And
1: I'm not just so going to kudos. go to the gym and say, please, I'm here to exercise. I'm actually going to seek help from some, it. Like,
0: oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I know this is a, a podcast, but can I be the one to, one to give to you with your one-month, gym like I really want to I'm just saying this because you, you I'm want that to be excited. there I want to give you a membership to the gym oh, I'm that excited thank like, you this is thank you thank you thank you I'm sorry please continue
1: <laughs> so yeah um shortly something on p uh, pcos so um I'm just going to speak from a point of a medical sonographer so for us what we do is to um suggest that What we are seeing on the ultrasound is a morphology another syndrome because for syndromes those are the work of the doctors because they take your history and then they add a couple of tests to to um, confirm that you have um, pcos so often when someone comes to the hospital to do a pelvic scan or a transvaginal scan. Um, so pelvic scan and transvaginal are the same, but one is internal. So with a transvaginal, we go internally with a transvaginal probe to see the ovaries, and it's much effective because you're able to see the number of follicles. Now I will talk about what follicles are. So when a person comes, with, maybe they went to see their doctor, and then they have a history of um not having their menses for some Mm. three months Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. even they haven't they're over bleeding, they haven't um a lot of menses at, at a particular month their doctors just request for the pelvic ultrasound and then some other tests hormonal assay. so mostly when patient comes without a doctor's um, referral and they go like i've not seen my menses for three three weeks and my pregnancy test is negative and i want to do a scan to see most of the times i feel very uncomfortable because i tell them that we are not doctors we don't give consultation. Mm. It's just a full radiology um, PCOS, specialty. Yeah. Yes, so you still need to go to your doctor. But sometimes some of these patients don't really see the need. You need to see a gyne. So um, just a quick something on what PCOS, the whole um, um, explanation in a very layman's time for you to understand. So our brains have uh, something, a storehouse or whatever it is that we call the pituitary gland. And it sends hormones each month to the bloodstream so it sends what we call the fsh the follicular stimulating Isn't hormone just for ladies or for, for ladies or, okay. yeah guys have their own testosterone um, no, family okay. yes right. so it sends this into your your system so when it sends it to your blood they kind of um inform your body that okay this is the time that you have to start your eggs have to start maturing so we have the, let's say we have a sack, the sack, let's say the sack, the sack is like a storehouse. Mm. And in the sack, the storehouse, we have this big, big containers, which mm. is called the follicles. Mm. Yes. And uh, your your eggs are inside the follicle. So they are keeping them. So the ovary is the storehouse. And then the follicles are the containers. And your eggs are being stored nicely and this, for all the eggs that you need in your entire life, is, okay. is stored in that storehouse for you. So when this FSH is released into the, the 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 system, mm-hmm. it makes these um sort of like stimulates them. Yeah. So the one that is able to um it's get stimulated. bigger, yes, the once it once the, the there's a signal that okay. One got our uh, attention, mm. then what we call the LH is released, luteinizing hormone is released, and then that one, the one that has mature, escaped from the storehouse. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. So it's like if the person's a prisoner, the person escapes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's what the prison, process called ovulation. <laughs> yes, that's a prison, break. <laughs> so that's ovulation, and when the eggs come. The fallopian tubes take the eggs up Mm. and the system is built in the way that these eggs is what enables women to get pregnant so if there's any sperm in the way there is um pregnancy Mm. and we shouldn't forget that because the body is thinking that okay once your eggs are coming um it's going to meet oil and it's going to fry and become yeah. fried egg. You get it. Uh-huh. Right. So the the, the, the the your womb, which is the uh, frying pan, has some oil. Mm. So that's how the you just, the the lining becomes thick because yeah. it's going to prepare for something. You can't if you're going to fry egg, you know you need some some you wait, get wait, it, uh huh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> eat fried <laughs> No, you can't eat fried egg. So <laughs> once your you're the endometrium also the lining of the womb also becomes thick mm, uh-huh. mm. so when it comes and then it doesn't meet any sperm on the way it goes like oh my god let me dissolve myself i have to die <laughs> so the body starts so it sheds away yes, and you. then the lining also had to shed away so that's how we have our lenses oh yes this is a nice, a nice yes you should go to
0: senior high school and like, tell them <laughs> how to fry egg
1: <laughs> so your menses come so this is how it's supposed to be but with pcos or yeah. pcom all the 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 noise that um, fsh is giving to them they are like telling me i don't bab. Mm-hmm. me I, I don't want to mature i want to be a baby mm-hmm. you get it so they stay they don't become the mature exactly so over time it's just the follicle. It's just the mm. container mm. that becomes filled with something, like mm. what we call cysts. Mm. Yes. And these cysts are just small, small cysts. You know, sometimes when I talk about cysts, I'm very careful because it could also mean some, we have different types of cysts. Uh-huh. Okay. So these follicles just become tiny, 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 and they are not mature. Mm. So that's why people with PCOS tend to have um, infertility of- issues because no egg is going to escape. Yeah, you yeah. get it, and uh-huh. that's why I
0: think everybody's journey is important because there are some people who, I who have the just the PCO and they've been able to give birth. Yes, one time because they
1: some of the, they have to put them on um, hormonal drugs. Yes, clomid yeah. and other things that is going to stimulate the ovaries to come out. So it's really important. And then again, even when it comes to fertility, it you don't is get to choose. It's, it's it's even not just about the women. It, oh, it's two people who come together to make babies. Oh, I'm going to have past, uh, an episode soon on um, scrotal health. Yeah. Yes, I have a friend who will be coming, one of my colleagues, because there are so many things happening that a lot of us don't know because mm. there's not so much information out there. So yeah, that was a simple something on what PCOS is, it's, it's all about and I hope that with this little illustration of the fried egg you got That's it. Really, yeah. So yes, um before you go, I always have this um questions that you have to choose one from the anonymous um anyway you didn't go anonymous but still choose any <laughs> oh, of the you didn't go on any <laughs> choose choose any of them and then you answer. oh
0: 2020 uh let me just choose the span. Okay, so you tell uh, us
1: what your question says and then you answer within the space of two minutes. Two
0: minutes? Yes. Oh I I'm trying to open it. Oh gosh, what does your ideal parenting look like? Okay. interested. Why is it because you can see my baby for me, my moon? Maybe. My my egg is about to be fried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is. <laughs> okay, so what does my ideal parenting look like? Um, I see the style of me trying to be open and honest with my child. I love people who are open with me and saying, hey, this... And it's something I would wish to... It's a parenting style where you see me as a friend, but you also see me as your parents, an yeah, authoritative figure in your life. And I think I've been able to have some experience with this currently because I have... A beautiful young lady with me here, staying with me. Hey, Emil. Hey, babes. I think I've had the opportunity to be um, a friend. I always say a sister, yeah. a friend. And I've also had the opportunity to be a no person in her space. Like, where they will slam the door and tell you, I don't like you because you're saying no. You're not understanding. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is me now being an authoritative thing yeah. in my life so i i I see a fine balance of both as a friend and also as um an authoritative someone who has to guide them to to lead them and to teach them yeah i see that as my parenting style and just in me wrapping up I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and talk about this I'll thank you for
1: coming to do it the
0: detailed post on Facebook um, so if you I know my friend is going to even be a public post so you see it I, my name is Jokas Fofaliche so if you just type on Facebook you will see it, it would also be up on my blog so I will share the link as well just going to have the detail we couldn't talk about everything, everything here at a certain cause I love talking with this girl so
1: Anytime I get the opportunity. Oh, sorry, this woman. No, girl. This fine woman. My God. My God. My
0: God. So yeah, yeah. go and read more. You can send your questions also to Joe. I would be happy to answer
1: them. Yes. So thank you so much for um for for coming to do this with me. And um like I said, we recorded this yesterday, (laughs) and for strange reasons, we lost it. So we had to do a whole um recording but i think it's it's been good so far we were able to almost tackle everything that we said in the previous um yeah. lost oh except our dancer we didn't yes dance. we didn't dance but it's fine Come it's dance. fine no we oh can't God. so um <laughs> those topics still remains uh, a very passionate one to talk about so if you have any um jenny that you want to share on this same topic where we are talking about weights, um, loss and gain and PCOS, kindly send a message to Joe in Ketia official at gmail.com. J O N K E T I A H official at gmail.com and I would love to have your mind show to talk about your own journey with us or any other thing about your adult living that you want to share out there. It would be a privilege to have you. Um, you also appreciate the feedback. Thank you so much for all those who have been given feedbacks from the first time this episode was this podcast was launched. It's your feedbacks that enable me to know how to go about with some of these things so i'm so grateful for always listening and yes we hit our 1k total place and i just want to say thank you to everyone who is supporting this um project in one way or the other do have a blessed week or weekend depending on when you're listening to this and don't forget that although adult face is hard but determination and having the right people and having the right mind you can overcome every challenge that comes your way yep this is me signing out
0: go girl let's, <laughs> dance, let's dance
1: oh so you would dance <laughs> no, I'm you not do dancing. You don't leave me hanging out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to <laughs>